0: Hello and welcome back to the Pursuing Progress podcast, episode 11, where we have honest conversations to help us fall forward. This life has been super crazy and hope you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. And in in this episode, we're gonna talk about just my experiences having to start, you know, taking antidepressant medication. And this was something that I've probably avoided Yeah, just avoided medication for most things, uh, most of my life. And I think like culture and upbringing has like played a big part in it. I know a lot of Asian cultures, um, yeah, just have this thing probably against medication, uh, in regards to kind of mental health things and kind of stuff of the kind of psychiatric nature. I think, whether it's like, it's something I don't fully kind of understand or kind of know like too much about in terms of all the details and kind of the history and, and all of that in terms of why Asian culture kind of views kind of Western medicine in that particular light. But, you know, for, for me growing up when, you know, I got, got sick with just kind of a normal cold or, or flu or whatnot, like, medi- like, medication just wasn't, like, the first point of call um, when, yeah, when, yeah, trying to get better or or whatnot. Uh, it was always kind of get rest, uh, get plenty of rest, and I mean, put, if it's a cold, yeah, put your jumper on, make sure you're warm all the time, and drink, you know, your lemon, honey, ginger tea, um, you know, keep drinking water, go to the bathroom, and just doing all those kind of more natural things, uh, to help you kind of get better. And, you know, it, so far, uh, it, it's worked wonderfully. Uh, I haven't, you know, had colds or flu for like extended periods of time and, you know, my immune system has been, yeah, hold up, <laughs> um, held up pretty, pretty well. Um, but the thing is like, yeah, it's interesting because like maybe The short amount of time, maybe, you know, I've been blessed to be, you know, born healthy and maybe my immune system would have just, you know, cleared out the flu or cleared out the cold within those days. But, you know, drinking, you know, drinking that, you know, lemon, honey, ginger tea like that, you know, might have kind of confirmed a cognitive like bias that, you know, a lot of Asian cultures have. And so they've always just kind of leaned on it and, you know, try to keep natural and, you know, don't, um, yeah, don't go into medication unless you like absolutely have to because, you know, they know about the whole like, you know, building tolerance. And so if you need it to become more effective, you need, you know, stronger doses and stronger doses will have different side effects. And, and yeah, I think I've always had that kind of perspective growing up. And so I think growing uh, when I was diagnosed with like depression and anxiety, I think back in 2012, 2013, um, know, yeah, I went to the GP and they were just like, Hey, like, um, you know, you've got depression, got anxiety, um, the usual, you know, course of actions is, you know, a referral to a psychologist and, you know, do you want to consider medication? And because I was just so, you know, there's also, you know, I was studying exercise physiology at the time, and so you know they were pushing you know exercises just as effective as antidepressant medication in terms of you know relieving depressive symptoms. And so I was just like, you know what, no, I don't, I don't need um, antidepressant medication. Um, I'm exercising; it's it's fine. Things are things are fine. And and so I've just avoided it and just kind of like you know pushed it to the side and never really considered it. And I think. Uh, like, I'll go into it, like, in this episode. And so, I didn't think I needed it. And so, since 20, 2012, 2013, uh, yeah, I just tried to, yeah, get by by, you know, exercising, going to the gym and trying to, you know, have friends around to, yeah, to talk to and to hang out with and, and yeah, like, I tried to manage um, it that way and... You know, it's like it is good. Um, exercise is good. And, you know, I'm not going to like not say that because, you know, I do, you know, believe that, yeah, the effects of exercise is really beneficial for your mental health, uh, especially for, yeah, depression and anxiety and all kind of mental illnesses. And, you know, that's what I spent the last two, three years on my master's kind of looking into. And so a firm believer of that. But I think. I needed, like, that extra help. Like, there just seemed to be, like, a little, like, missing piece in terms of, like, my treatment and my management of, you know, of depression and of anxiety. And so after seeing the psych, you know, psychologist for a bit, I think they really... You know, saw my saw my progress and saw all the ups and downs, and I think there's a lot of downs. And I think uh, after a year or two of seeing them, they they were just like, "Hey, I think it's time to consider like you know medication, uh, yeah, antidepressant medication." I think you know, um, and like I tried to fight it, I tried to be like, "Hey, no, I'm exercising," but the you know they turned the table on me. It was just like. You know, you feel good after exercise, which is fantastic. But you know, are you able to keep that up for every day of the week? (laughs) Um, And I was just like, no, I've been, yeah, feeling down, and I have lazy days and lazy weeks, and things kind of, you know, uh, spiral downwards. And so I think after kind of coming to that realization, and you know, um, you know, the psychologist being really, you know, gentle and graceful with it it was just like hey like maybe it's time to consider it so you know those those valleys aren't so deep and those valleys aren't so frequent frequent and i was just like hey like ugh, i got to kind of resign <laughs> resign to it um, as much as yeah, i wanted to like go for runs and exercise and and yeah because i just you know because i was just brought up to like not you know be engaged in medication Uh, unless like absolutely necessary. And so, yeah, I think I was definitely reluctant to start (laughs) taking it. Um, It was definitely like, I don't know, a really defining, not a defining moment, but just this really big moment internally of like, hey, I'm, I'm, yeah, like medication will, you know, start being part of my like daily routine to you know, help manage this. And it's something I never thought that I would I would do. Like, I never really thought too much about, you know, the whole stigma about, oh, he's just weak-minded and he needs like chemical help and whatnot. And, you know, all the kind of, um, yeah, stigmatic thoughts that people can have of you if, you know, people know about it. But I think it's just the whole notion of, um, yeah, like I've been brought up to kind of avoid it at all costs. Um, and so as to not have to, you know, um, yeah, suffer too many like side effects if I have to increase the dose of it to kind of address different things. And so it's, it was a wrestle of culture for sure. And the way I've been brought up and I don't know, it might be, it will be different for a lot of people, uh, for those that, yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> that have to go through this whole, um, thing about starting medication. Uh, I think people in the Western world are kind of more okay and more open to it. I think there's still this kind of stigma and a bit of like um, I don't know like this nuance around medication for kind of the people of Eastern culture. Uh, I don't fully under understand it like just yet, and so I don't know how to like fully address it. But like this is just going to be my story and my experience and. I don't know whether this plays into like my cultural identity as well, being born overseas, but kind of growing up here, so being more open to it, even though, like I've taken this medication for about almost a year, but I think, you know, someone like my mom is, you know, someone who's grown up, you know, in an Asian country and has that culture and is still trying to push me to, towards like, hey, like when can you kind of wean off this and when can you kind of stop taking this? And so there is that constant wrestler as well, but I think she she does trust my judgment because she knows I've <laughs> studied this kind of area and, and things like that. It's like, as long as you're safe and healthy, it's fine. But, you know, personal preference for her is for me to, like, stop taking it. Um, so, so, yeah, so that's really, like, another, like, kind of big conversation in itself, like, you know, the role culture plays. But I think I'll say that for another one. Uh, but for this one, I want to kind of go into the whole notion of taking medication and and what that means for an individual. And so I think just as any kind of lecture would do, you just kind of just, just introduce the whole concept of medication. And so what I take is an antidepressant. And so this, yeah, so this medication that I'm taking, I don't know if I should like say like particular names and how much I'm taking, whether that's like private health information, but it's an antidepressant. And so how it works is it kind of stops, um, stops the body from kind of retaking the serotonin, which is a hormone that kind of generally makes you happy. Um, and so the body can kind of utilize it more and helps to, and that helps to kind of artificially boost the amount of serotonin that you have in your body those happy chemicals. And you know, for some, you know, for some reason, people with disorder or anxiety, they have just this abnormal lowering of that particular hormone. And, and yeah, so I think the frontline medication for it is antidepressants. And, um, those are I kind of selective, you know, serotonin res- <laughs> receptor inhibitors, um, SSRIs or SNRIs. And, and so, yeah, it's just a way to kind of address that kind of, uh, yeah, the hormone levels and to be able to get them to a more kind of regular kind of level. So it can, so it can kind of function, um, well with those appropriate, um, like levels, uh, of that particular hormone. And so the whole thing about medication is, so it's kind of built on this, what we call like a biomedical approach. And so, Uh, So people who make medication, they take that approach. So they look at the, you know, the biology of a human being and take that medical approach of how to kind of fix this particular situation. And so doctors and pharmacists and and the kind of research team involved would understand, you know, how a human responds, the human biology and how different cells and kind of different receptors work to kind of cause different changes in, in the body. And so... You know, there there will be this problem that they try to solve with a particular m- medication, and so, you know, looking at depression, uh, someone with depression, they're like, hey, their serotonin levels are really low. What can we do to increase that? So that's the problem that they try to. I'm simplifying all of this. I'm, I'm sure, simplifying all of this. I'm sure there's a lot more that goes into it, but kind of simply put, they see the this problem they need to solve physiologically and figure out ways to deliver like an, a particular agent or that medication into the body so that the body responds well uh, to address that problem. But the thing is like medication is not going to be super specific and I don't want to go into too much but it, there's a whole bunch of different receptors that are linked to all sorts of different organs and so, you know, if you address, if you turn one receptor on, it's gonna affect all other kind of aspects of your body. And so that's why, you know, people with more severe conditions, they wanna try and play a bit of a kind of management game of, you know, turning this receptor on, turning this receptor off to try and kind of minimize things. But there's always gonna be, you know, those side effects. And the side effects of my particular one has just been, been okay. Um, to be honest, the, I think it started off with kind of suppressing appetite. Yeah. Like that was a really strange feeling of just feeling like, Hey, like I don't feel hungry like ever. Um, but I, I had to kind of force myself to, uh, to eat, (laughs) um, knowing that, yeah, this is just the medication that's suppressing the, my appetite and all the hormones that kind of regulate my like eating habits and so like forcing myself to eat when i felt full was kind of kind of miserable um i yeah because it was just like i just had that kind of rationality of just like hey i need to eat as i normally would uh, it's just the hormones being suppressed i need to eat otherwise i'll i'm just gonna like lose weight dramatically without even realizing <laughs> and and there's been other ones like excess like sweating and there's a bit of shaking. And, uh, I think one, I think one day I experienced quite like heavy, like dizziness and I couldn't like really walk normally. Uh, I couldn't really walk straight and I was just felt like I was going to pass out. But I think, um, yeah, had to kind of get my like dosage changed and yeah, it feels, it feels a lot better. But so yeah, so like <laughs> there's that. And so Taking medication is just like, um, yeah, this biomedical approach that is not going to solve everything, but it helps to make changes inside the body, inside our biology that will um, hopefully address the problems with hopefully minimal side effects. And like so far, it's, it's going well. And, you know, it's something like I do notice like the difference. I do notice like this kind of that artificial, you know increase in terms of feeling okay and not feeling as sad as I normally would. Um, and that has been helpful to, you know, level out the kind of peaks and troughs of, you know, how the mood, how my mood can change, um, and how the thoughts can spiral. And it does, it does kind of play a part in kind of leveling those those things out, which has been really helpful for sure. And so So what I want to lead into is, you know, the biomedical approach is is good in addressing those things and addressing, you know, really complicated, you know, matters and conditions. Um, So that's what kind of the medical kind of world, the pharmaceutical world kind of uses to approach different problems. And so what we we're starting to see with, you know, allied health, so people, physiotherapists, exercise physiologists, you know, occupational therapists is what we call this like biopsychosocial approach. And so this approach of how we you know approach problems, we look at the biology, we look at the psychology and the social kind of environment of someone. And so if you look at um, what's needed for like a holistic care for someone with like depression or any kind of mental illness, so you have their bio- biology because there is going to be a biological difference uh, for those that, you know, have mental illnesses and areas of the brain that are kind of affected and kind of activated or overactivated or underactivated, and so that needs to be you know dealt with with the appropriate kind of medication and, and treatment for sure. And two, the psychology, um, and you know, this is where you see your psychologist and to work through different like uh, and thought, you know, your thoughts, your chain and. In- your chain of thinking, the way you, where you see the world, the, all your different perceptions and things like that, your psychologist, your psychiatrist. And like the beliefs that you have about the world, yourself, is going to dictate a lot of behavior. Uh, and so that really needs to be addressed so that you can, you know, see things in newer and more, health, more healthy perspectives so that you can kind of make better decisions and make better actions and behave in kind of more productive ways and, and social, um, like this is where kind of exercise fits in and how you relate with, you know, your family, your friends, your support networks, like that plays a big part in the whole kind of holistic treatment of, of an individual, because you can't just, you know, throw medication at someone, uh, who's going through depression and just expect them to be okay. Because, you know, that medication is not going to address how they think about the world, how they're going to they perceive themselves. And that medication is not going to, you know, provide a social kind of support network. It's not going to provide, you know, healthy friendships. It's not going to provide, you know, exercise and going out for hobbies and being active and kind of living everyday life. And so, so this kind of approach really needs to, yeah, be central, um, in how we take care of a human being. And so people taking medication is just, a way for them to deal with the biological nature of depression and and anxiety or whatever mental illness that they have. And it's, yeah, there's all sorts of, of treatments and it's it's very individualized and tailored and there's something you need to go to, t- you know, talk to your GP about, you know, and, you know, if you're taking other medications, uh, like they need to kind of make sure, you know, you don't take something that will negatively, negatively affect the other medication that you're taking. And so it's really important to yeah, go to a GP first to kind of, yeah, to talk to you, uh, talk through, you know, your medical history and all the things that um, that they need to know to make a really informed decision to make to, you know, prescribe you an appropriate medication. Because the worst thing is for you to not tell them and for them to prescribe something that, you know, would work for, you know, uh, the average Joe. But for you, it would just lead to all these kind of severe um, side effects and and reactions and so really important to yeah uh, to have those conversations they're professionals they're not going to judge um, you like at all for for any of it um, like they're there to help you they're there to listen and yeah and kind of uh, give you the best kind of advice and and prescription for uh, for a drug to kind of help you address those problems and so um so I think going to uni and you know, learning about exercise physiology and having like that approach to, you know, helping someone, you know, deal with their condition. Um, so for exercise physiologists, like, you know, <laughs> when I say that exercise is medicine, like exercise is the medicine that we prescribe. And, you know, there's, you know, this week is, you know, our exercise and sports science Australia, which is our governing body. It's like our exercise riot week where we kind of try and promote you know exercise as medicine movement as medicine and kind of you know kind of promote ourselves as exercise physiologists and the need for the profession to kind of address a lot of um, prevalent current conditions um, that are arising um, at the moment so stuff like cardiovascular disease diabetes cancer um, and probably more topically like and viruses and, and how exercise can help, you know, boost your immune, you know, help kind of enhance your, uh, immunity. And, and, and yeah, so like knowing that and has really helped kind of inform that decision and be more at peace with the whole decision about taking medication. And, you know, if I have relatives that kind of question it, I can, Yeah, like, it helps me kind of give you... Give them, like, a kind of... Not a defense, but, like, a logical kind of answer to go about it. It's just, like... Yeah, to tell them, like, there's so many aspects of of depression that need to be addressed in treatment. Like, medication is just one of them. Like, I need to go see the psychologist so I can, you know, refine the way that I think and perceive and view myself. I need to exercise because it's shown to... <clears throat> it's uh, yeah, it's shown to kind of be be beneficial for reducing depression. I need my social network. I need my, you know, the f- support from my friends and family. And that's going to, you know, be so effective in uh, treating the pr- depression and kind of keeping it at, you know, at bay. And, yeah, like, it's not something, you know, you judge someone and say, oh, you're so weak. Or, like, you're so weak-minded or you're just so, like, you know, you're just sad all the time or what, whatever, like, stigmatizing thing that people can throw at you. It's all about, like, hey, like, I need this as part of my treatment to get better. Um, like, we all kind of, you know, we talk about, you know, when you break your arm, you just go to a doctor, you go, you know, get an x-ray, you go, you know... Um, yeah, get a cast and you go do your physio exercises, you do your training to kind of get better. And so this, this is just kind of part of it as well. And I think I think this approach is starting to be recognized um, a lot more. Um, I think with, I think I, I listened to like a TED talk by Johan Hari. Like, it's a bit controversial at the moment because, you know, people want to kind of push back against it. But his TED Talk has been really kind of insightful on, you know, how our views of, you know, mental illness and stuff like addiction and things like that. And how we, how we kind of perceive it has kind of been, like, misguided a little bit. Um, Like, you know, it's, yeah, like, it's hard to kind of summarize all, all these different points, but, like, I think... He kind of gives the example of, hey, like, you know, to, to the audience that he, he's talking to, like, hey, like, why don't you just, you know, drink your life away, damage your liver, you know, and just drink and drive and kind of crash into a tree and, you know, ruin your life that way. Like everyone has the capacity and the right and the kind of ability to do so. Like, why don't you like do that and get into all these kind of addictive behaviors? Like his it's because, you know, we have different connections. We have different kind of um, things we want to be present for. You know, we, we have friends that we want to see. We have family that want to, um, yeah, that we want to be there for. We have, you know, jobs that we enjoy or hopefully enjoy. Uh, we have, you know, different activities and sports and all these different kind of social connections that we want to be present for, that we're not just going to, you know, drink our lives away you know tonight and so so that was like an aspect that's been missing from from mental health treatment because you know it's all about just like pump them with drugs sedate them see how it goes talk to psychologists the psychiatrist. see like see how that goes and so having having that sort of purpose and having that kind of appropriate social connection is gonna like, changes the game almost, and, you know, this is what we're trying to push as exercise physiologists to exercise, exercise with a group, exercise with a friend, because I think that social connection is so, so important, um, to, uh, yeah, to someone's kind of, like, purpose and, and kind of value, and I think we were meant to, you know, live in, in little tribes, you know, he talks about, like, tribalism and, like, we had our origins there. You know, if, if you want to go down that evolution route, like we're, you know, we're meant to kind of hunt together and, and do all those things. And then now, because we've shifted into this era of this kind of generation where we've become so like individualized and, you know, this whole individual, individualism and everything's about ourselves and what we do by ourselves. And like it, It feels almost awkward to do things as a group or to do things as like, um, yeah, like a tribe for something. And it's always about what can I do? What can I do? What can I, um, you know, how can I be better? How can I um, do, you know, X, Y and Z? And it's, yeah, like I think it's damaged us in terms of, yeah, us as human beings. Um, I think yeah, like we created to relate to one another and we've lost that a lot. Um, and yeah, I think that's probably has played a big part in, in regards to, you know, how much, like how prevalent depression is and how prevalent anxiety is, you know, like it's, yeah, it's more, more than ever. Um, Like social media has uh, its place as well um, in kind of making things worse. You know, we have our Instagram and Facebook. We feel connected, but we're, you know, super alone and feel, yeah, it just feels empty and we just feel so, yeah, as if we're just going through life ourselves and kind of wrestling through really difficult times by ourselves. But when like, you know, we need to have people around we need to have support we're not meant to go through life by ourselves and so like you know this whole not that the biopsychosocial approach is like the best thing ever this is flaw like flawless kind of you know model but i think it gives us a big picture of hey like you know when we think about you know treating mental health um yeah treating mental illnesses sorry Um, yeah, those three areas do need to be addressed, um, for kind of a more holistic picture or more holistic kind of treatment. And so, yeah, medication is just one of them. And, you know, like it's, it's the best that we've got, like humanly speaking, um, like, yeah, maybe you can just, you know, increase your, um, sessions with the psychologist, and you can increase your exercise, and you know, expand your support networks. Um, but yeah, maybe that will help you kind of reduce the amount of doses that you need um, of the medication. But like having it is not gonna, is not gonna hurt. It's not gonna be a sign that you're weak or anything. It's just, it's just there to help you manage it a lot better, and to you know address the different biological thing, you know processes that are going on in the body um and to yeah like um just give you help when you when you need it and so and like well that being said it's also also important to yeah not overly rely on just one aspect of the bicycle social approach because it's really super easy to because you know you can kind of see how someone can, yeah, just rely heavily on medication for them to feel good for the day. It's gonna be easy for someone to see to say, "Hey, I'm seeing the psychologist. Like, they're amazing. I'm, I'm fine." And it's a, it's really easy to say, like, like I've been guilty of, like, hey, like I'm I'm an EP. I, I exercise regularly. I go to the gym. Um, I got friends I hang out with like life's fine. My family's, you know, I live with my mom and she's good and things are good. I'm eating well. Like I'm fine. I don't need, I don't need particular help. Um, yeah, with a psychologist or medication and like, you know, this is just kind of me talking. I don't know how convincing this argument is. It's just, you know, my experience of, uh, yeah, understanding health, understanding treatment, understanding the approach that we need to take to care for someone holistically. And, you know, that's the experience from clinical side of things and the professional side of things. And like personally, and from a personal kind of experience and kind of perspective, like this is, you know, helped me, um, a lot and helped me quite effectively to get out of, um, really quite severe depression and, you know, very disordered thinking. Um, it's helped to manage things a lot better. It's helped me to, you know, spiral less more, um, a lot less severely. It's yeah. Helped me to kind of maintain sanity, uh, especially in these times of, of quarantine and isolation where staying at home, um, yeah, really does exacerbate mental, mental health symptoms, mental illness symptoms. And so, yeah, that's where the whole social side really needs to um, kick in, you know, telling everyone to, you know, go for a walk or find somewhere to, to run and to exercise. Exercise at home and uh, change the environment a little bit, you know, if it's safe and um, if it obeys the public health laws and government laws. And so, like, it's hard to really, like, conclude um, this, but, like, we're we're all going to have, like, different needs, and it's important not to demonise the different ways that people are, you know, using to, to cope with different circumstances or different conditions. Like, we want to you know, um, you know, stigmatize people that are addicted to like alcohol or, or drugs or whatnot. But there's, there's a lot more going on, uh, for them and a lot of different areas of need that are, that are lacking. And things are probably really stressful and really traumatic and they need, these are the coping mechanisms that they have. And so we needed to really consider, you know, all things and not just see things, you know, as they are on the surface. And, like, life is so difficult. Like, you don't need me to say that. Like, you know that for yourself. You, you can see it. You've experienced it, I'm sure. And, like, we have, you know, so many different things to help us cope. Um, you know, people listen to music. People go for walks. They, they read. They draw. They, you know, spend time with the kids or the dog or... Um, They play video games. They watch YouTube and all these different things are are great are lovely They're They're wonderful uh, to You know help us cope each day. Each day is really difficult as a human being Things never go our way Things are tough. There's always different stresses Mortgage is just this, you know, unbearable weight Rent is always due. Bills are always needing to be paid. Taxes are always needed to be paid too. And, you know, there's going to be drama with friends. There's always going to be, you know, voices of, like, doubt and, you know, stress. And and you're going to go through traumatic experiences. It's more than likely. And, you know, we need to, you know, just be there to help each other. You know return to our you know tribalistic roots, like be open to help one another when they're asking for help like don't don't put up like barriers like really artificial and really shallow barriers to to stop you from helping someone out you know who's in need of help um you know it doesn't cost anything to well like a bit of time, a bit of money whatever like to, to listen to someone, to talk to someone and help them out when they're in need. Um, you know, within, within reason for sure. And like, it's, I think like looking over the news at the moment, just like, we're really not helping ourselves do well, (laughs) um, living here on earth. We're not helping ourselves you know for this whole situation like spreading misinformation we're not helping ourselves when we you know um, yeah it's just just the news has just been so like negative of like all these you know, scandals and racism and and war and threats and and all this stuff like it's not like it's not helping us thrive here um, and you know, like this whole like division and, and, and hate and whatnot, like that's always going to be present within humanity. Like that's just, you know, for Christians, this is just sin. And this is the whole brokenness of the world. And like, it, it, it does seem overwhelming and it, it, it's a really scary place out there for sure. Like I'm not hiding it. I'm, I'm sure you'd agree too. but you know, the things that we can control and the things that we can do, like within our capabilities and our powers and our abilities, like we can make such a difference uh, for just like one person's life. We don't need to change the whole world. Like, yeah, like that doesn't need to be our goal. Like if we can make a difference in one person's life, like that's, more than enough and so I think like statistics show that you know there are more people on antidepressants that you know like it's more common than we think and so like if we have this culture of just judging people for you know seeking help like that's not helpful for anybody you know, it's I, I, like, I don't know where it comes from this whole like, this whole like stigma and always having to be like strong and always having to like have it all together and just, you know, do so well in life. And just like, you know, you know, you work so hard, and it's all on you and you're so strong and you're so mighty and you can look down on others that, you know, aren't in that situation and they need help with different things and i don't know this whole judgment and stigma has just not helped anyone live well um it's driven people to you know take their own lives it's driven people to you know a real dark place and it becomes even more difficult to get them out um you know no matter how you know excellent a psychiatrist is or no no matter how strong a the medication that someone's taking is, like, it's... Yeah, if that network and society is just, you know, looking down at them constantly and judging them constantly for, you know, the ways they've chosen to seek help, then, like, they're not going to ever get better. <laughs> and I don't know, like, if it's something to do with i don't know how wretched some people can be of you know not wanting someone to get better of you know of why this whole stigma around medication and you know seeing a psychologist is you know like a a very common example of clients that exercise physiologists will see are people who deal with pain and pain is like super common you know people have this you know chronic lower back pain or shoulder pain or you know when you get older you have arthritis and um and all sorts of different like you know dyshoniations and kind of osteoporotic changes that lead to pain and can have you know complex pain syndrome and like, no one is, you know, telling them that that it's all in their head, or if any doctor tells them that, then probably get a second opinion. But, like, you know, we still hold this, like, biopsychosocial approach to them. You know, there is something going on biologically that's causing the pain to, yeah, but that's causing the pain and being, and allowing it to be so, like, you know, painful and kind of the forefront of the brain. But studies have shown that, you know, their beliefs and the psychology behind the pain can be a big influence in it. And, you know, when you start to get into this mentality of, oh, this, you know, this pain is going to be everlasting. I'm never going to get better. Like that has been shown to like, you know, lead to longer cases of pain and, and worse pain in a lot of scenarios. And if you're surrounded with people who are also just in pain as well, and just, um, just not having a particularly great time, like that's going to influence that as well. And, you know, if you have people around you saying, yeah, pain just never gets better. It's always going to be there. And yeah, like that's, um, that kind of environment doesn't help. And, when you see an exercise physiologist they they consider all those different options and we think about hey like you know what are the things you can do uh, that don't exacerbate the pain hey let's see if we can in, you know increase your function this way and over time doing those little things and you know progressively overloading and doing a little bit more each day like there's so many cases of people who are just you know living like always pain-free they're doing things they enjoy and there's just so much yeah joy and gladness in their life they're living the way they want to again and no one's like no one's trying to like stop that progress no one's trying to like stop that treatment no one's looking down on people who you know see an ep for pain and so like you know this whole thing with mental health um Yeah, it's going to be a big pressing issue um, after we come out of this pandemic specifically. Um, You know, the forced isolation, the loss of job, you know, the economics and financial stresses. Like, that's going to play a huge, huge role. It's going to have a huge impact. And, you know, if we're going to stigmatize mental health, if we're going to tell them that it's just in their head, and if we're going to, like, judge them for taking medication or seeing a psychologist, like, that's that's going to be worse. <laughs> that's just going to make things worse for us in, in our attempts to recover, you know, as a country or, like, as the world. And, like, you know, hopefully afterwards there's, you know, support and resources available for people who need you know, psychologist sessions and and counseling and um, and, and access to, you know, um, GPs to get them on mental health plans and to prescribe the correct uh, or the appropriate kind of antidepressant medication or whatever they need, Um, yeah, to help them manage, help them cope and to get better so that they can go back to living life um, as they want to. And like that that's all it is. It's just that kind of not super simple, but it's just that kind of straightforward. And like it's something that will probably take years upon years to kind of finally have something done about. And you know, I'm just this one person here just talking into microphone about it in my you know in my bedroom. But yeah, this this conversation needs to exist in all areas of life and hope hope this conversation, hope hope this kind of perspective can kind of emanate throughout society and so we can create a like mentally healthier world and we can see more people live you know, live life the way that they want to. And, you know, people that are mentally healthier, they're going to be able to be in the workforce and, you know, cope with the different, you know, stresses of work and employment and all the different obligations that that they have. And, you know, that's going to create, you know, they're going to go into jobs, that's going to increase employment and that's going to, you know, hopefully get the economy back on track, you know, over the long term, having more people employed, um, it's own, you know, it benefits the economy. If you're someone who, you know, is one of those, you know, people that, you know, see, see the world that way or have that political view of, you know, that's, you know, having all this welfare and all this kind of, uh, pharmaceutical benefit scheme and all that is, you know, costing the economy of, of money or whatever. um, like having that investment into mental health is gonna like pay off in the long run, and if you're gonna skip out on it, all it is is just you know little band aid solutions everywhere with all all the different policies anyway. But I'm I'm no expert. I don't want to go into it too much. But um, but yeah, I think the message I don't know of this episode is hey like. You know, there have been wonderful advances in, you know, medical technology, and I think for people that need it, it's there, it's available, and it's an option that you shouldn't ever feel shamed or guilty about taking, Um, you know, there's, yeah, it's just one of many things that we need to do to take care of ourselves and to take care of others, and, and yeah, like encourage it, <laughs> encourage people to, you know, seek appropriate help, encourage them to see a psychologist, to see the GP and it's nothing to be shameful about. Um, there's just no reason to put someone down or judge them harshly for it. Um, just, yeah, encourage them to find treatment so that they can yeah, get better and go back to living life that they... Used to or they want to Uh, because there's nothing more frustrating than always just feeling like you just can't do what you want to. Um, Like that, that applies to so many different things people with physical disabilities um, and things like that. And so, just I don't know, just this overwhelming message throughout this pandemic as well just look out for each other, be there for each other, encourage each other. Don't put up barriers that help, you know, prevent you from helping someone else that's in need. Be a listening ear. Listen to understand someone. And, and don't, yeah, don't shame anyone for, for seeking help. Because that's that's not helping you. That's not helping anyone. That's not helping ourselves help, you know, thrive and, and live, a you know, a meaningful life um, here on earth. And so, so yeah, I hope that's been helpful Uh, just bit of like, insight and perspective of, I think, yeah, of my experiences and my reflections, you know, having to start taking medication with all my different kind of barriers and, and, and clashes with culture and all. And, you know, on the perspective I have as an allied health professional, you know, who has done research in, you know, the mental health field, it's very specific, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. I hope you found my perspective helpful and unique and hopefully there's been some, you know, helpful bits. Um, yeah, they'll help you kind of be more understanding when it comes to talking with people who, yeah, who might share that they're, they're own medication and yeah, and know how to navigate that conversation to be encouraging and to you know, help them you know feel good about that situation because they may be feeling very stigmatized and really shy and very embarrassed about it. But yeah, if it helps you make that person feel good, like I'm, I'm super glad <laughs> that that's happened. Um, yeah. If this has renewed your perspective on, you know, people taking medication, like I'm super glad, um, even if it's just one person or even if it's just like a healthy reminder, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy either way. Um, hope it's been, hope it's been good. Um, hope it's been valuable as well. Um, but yeah, if you made it this far, thanks so much for listening. Um, yeah. And just coming along on this journey, uh, as I reflect upon different things that I've gone through. Um, but yeah, thanks again. And yeah, Osana for now. I'll we'll see you in the next episode. And yeah, in love and peace. Bye.